Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, hey, here we go. We are in our Advent season, and Advent really is this idea of not only preparation, but also the idea of celebration. The first part is prepping our heart. It's that time of repentance, that acknowledgement of who God is in our hearts and the importance of His arrival, right? And so what's great is we have this wreath, and that talks about there's no beginning or ending. God has always loved you. Do you know God didn't start loving you because you went and said the sinner's prayer? He's always loved you. No beginning nor ending. He's always loved you. And the, and the fact that it's evergreen, it, it always is and always will be. And then as you look, there's these different candles here. And there's five of them that we use. Some only use four. We like to use five. And they represent hope, peace, joy, which is the, the pink one or the rose. And now today we're going to be talking about love. And then on Christmas Eve, next Sunday, will be the center one, and that will be Christ. And these are the items that we really want to be bracing during the Christmas season because it's kind of like, how many of you guys have ever seen those Advent calendars? It's a countdown. And it's not a countdown to Santa. It's a countdown to the greatest gift given to mankind, and especially to you, Jesus. Amen? Well, would you open up in prayer with me? Father God, we just thank you for your goodness and your, and your joy, your grace, your mercy. And Lord, we thank you for Christmas. Because without Christmas and the virgin birth, there could never be the redeeming blood on the cross. And so Lord, we pray, come, have your will, have your way in us. Lord, as we celebrate not only Advent, but particularly your love. We ask this in Jesus' holy name, and we all say, Amen. Well, if you're listening to us via podcast, we, we're just so grateful that you would click on this and pray that this message would help you take your next step closer to Jesus. Well, church, today we've got a great reason to celebrate as we're literally one week and one day away from Christmas. And we all know that, that Christmas morning is not about the tree and the presents, although that's always great and it's great fun. But it's about the arrival of Jesus. And His arrival in that specific event that the whole season of Advent is all about. The moment that Jesus was born and that prophetic hope and promise of a Messiah to redeem His people came to fruition. Hope is a powerful thing. As we've learned from the first candle, hope is what drove this thing. Peace is available through Jesus and the fulfillment of our hope as we learn from candle number two. And last week, as we read in Luke chapter two, that the angel announced the good news of great joy that the Messiah had been born. Jesus, as it's always been said for so many years, is the reason for the season that we can be filled with joy in the midst of a world full of chaos and sometimes even in our own life. 
we can still choose joy in the midst of chaos. So today we're going to reflect on, on the fourth thing, and that is love. Now, the thing behind the hope, the peace, the joy, the behind the gift of Jesus is love. It was and is love that motivated the Father to give His one and only begotten Son to a world that was weary and tired and losing hope so many centuries ago. It's love that makes Christianity so uniquely different than all the different religions of the world. Let me explain to you. His name is Rick Mathis of Mission Gate Ministries. It's a prison ministry. And, and, and Rick shares this story. He called it Allah or Jesus. And, and I'm going to read this to you. This is what he wrote. Rick said, Last month I attended my annual training session that, that is required for maintaining my state prison security clearance. Prison ministry. Well, during the training session, there was a presentation by three speakers representing the Roman Catholics, Protestant, and Muslim faiths who explain their unique belief system. I was particularly interested in what the Islamic imam had to say. The imam gave a great presentation of the basics of Islam, complete with a video. Now, after the presentation, time was provided for questions and answers. When it was my turn, I directed my question to the imam and asked, Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I understand that most imams and clerics of Islam have declared a holy jihad. Jihad means holy war. Against the infidels of the world, and that by killing an infidel, which is a command to all Muslims, they are assured of a place in heaven. If that's the case, can you give me the definition of an infidel? There was no disagreement with my statements, and without hesitation, he replied, non-believers. I responded, so let me make sure I have this straight. All followers of Allah have been commanded to kill everyone who is not of your faith so that they can go to heaven. Is that correct? The expression on his face changed from one of authority and command to that of a little boy who had just gotten caught with his hand in the cookie jar. He sheepishly replied, Yes. I then stated, Well, sir, I have a real problem trying to imagine Pope John Paul commanding all Catholics to kill those of your faith. Or Pat Robinson or Dr. Stanley ordering Protestants to do the same in order to go to heaven. The imam was speechless. I continued, I also have a problem with being your friend when you and your brother clerics are telling your followers to kill me. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather have your Allah who tells you to kill me in order to go to heaven 
or my Jesus who tells me to love you because I'm going to heaven and He wants you to be with me. You could have heard a pin drop as the imam hung his head in shame. Love is an incredibly powerful force. Some would argue that it is the most powerful and beautiful thing in the world. I agree. Not even hate can stand against love. The New Testament has a lot to say about love. But today I want to focus back on the most quoted verse of all time. If I was to ask you, you would all say John 3.16 with me. So let's look at this because it really gives us the understanding and the motive behind Jesus' arrival on Christmas. Would you read it with me? Or by memory? Ready, begin. For God so loved the world that He gotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. We've heard this verse. I mean, come on. Those of you who could remember back when that crazy guy with John 3.16 in the end zone of the Monday night football games and, or on NASCAR. I mean, everywhere we go, we see John 3.16. We've heard that verse over and over. And really what's, what's probably so important about this verse is that it answers the question, why did God send Jesus? Why? And it's right there. God so loved you, the world, that He... There it is. Why did He send them? For you, for me, why? Because I'm Marvin Telemontis, a sinner. I can't get to heaven. I don't have enough money. Money's not good enough. I, I'm not sinless. It's impossible for me to do anything to get me from here to there. But his son was innocent, he's pure, he's holy. And He's that full payment for my sins and yours. And He so loved you, He didn't want you to miss the family gathering for eternity. That's why He sent Jesus. Love. Love. This is Advent love. Not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. It's not in your notes, but, but that's 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. God took the initiative toward us. He took the first step towards us while we were still His enemies. A little different than some of the different faiths of the world, huh? He offered up the greatest gift the world has ever known. And our job is simple. It's simple. It's to receive it. Just receive it at face value. 
Now, haven't we all noticed the unique difference between a young person and an old person receiving gifts at Christmas? Remember how it was when you were eight years old and you ran out to the Christmas tree that morning? And how, especially the boys, how is it when they said, okay, open up your presents? How do they go after it? Oh, let me open it up real nice and sweet. You know how they do it. They just rip that thing to shreds. Wow! Right? Now, how does grandma and grandpa open that gift? Oh, thank you, sweetie. That's really nice. I'll get to it later. What? It's Christmas! Why do we kind of get all, we're all reserved. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll be nice. No, if I open it up just perfect, I can reuse that wrapping next year. <laughs> Which one do you think is more exciting to watch? This one! What does the Lord say? You got to come to me like a little child. You old folks, get young. It's time for us to be like a child. Embrace his love, his gift with gratitude, with love, with passion, excitement. How do you receive gifts? Are you filled with joy and excitement? You just can't wait to rip it apart to get to the center of it? Or are you all reserved? Are you holding back your joy? If you've given your life to Christ, do you remember how it feels, how it felt when you first received the gift of salvation and that forgiveness? Man, I've heard the stories about people coming up to the altar and they're just down on their hands and their knees and they're just crying and they're sobbing and they're embarrassed because they can't find the Kleenex. Why? Because snot's coming out and they're just bawling and they can't stop it. And they're just so grateful. And when they get saved like that, you look at them and you almost barely recognize them because their countenance has changed. Jesus has taken over. They physically look different. They received that gift and it's changed them. Not only on the inside, but even on the outside. At Christmas, how do you receive the gift. How are you receiving it right now? That love He has for you. It's Advent love. I'd argue it's the greatest gift of all gifts. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have partial life through Him. Oh, your Bible doesn't say that? Oh, what, what does it say? Eternal life. As in forever 
ever, 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 ever. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. You know, for most of us, we can't wait to tell others about the gifts we've received, especially if they're special gifts. But a lot of times, we could be reserved. I remember when Chris and I were engaged, and it became our first Christmas before the wedding in June. And my father-in-law, who is a real avid outdoorsman, and he's, I mean, he was a true cowboy in California when it wasn't cool to be a cowboy in Southern California. That's just the way he was. And he had an old Betsy to go with it. If anybody's a real cowboy, you know that's, you, you have to name your truck. That's just the way it is. And his was old Betsy. Sometimes we'd have to pray for old Betsy because she didn't want to start. <laughs> but it was Christmas, and I have three brother-in-laws, and they, they have four kids. They have Chris and then three boys. And that particular Christmas, you know, we were first engaged. He wanted to bless his sons. And so he went and bought all three of his sons a 1022 semi-automatic Ruger rifle. But he didn't buy three. He bought four. And he gave one to me. And I tried and I tried and I tried not to cry. But cry I did. Because my father-in-law, my dad, was making it clear to everybody in the house and to me that I was one of his sons. I'll never forget that day. It's one of the greatest acts of love. So have that weapon. It means something. Not because it's something I get to tinker with, but what's behind it was the message that I was family. You see, that's how it is with the gift of the Messiah from God to you. Your Heavenly Father is making it clear to heaven, to the world, to everybody around you, and especially to you, that you are one of His children. That you are family. That there is a place at the table for you to sit at with your name on it, that you belong. That you're one of the reasons for Christmas. It's love. The whole idea of giving and, and sharing with others, it's actually captured in the Bible. Did you know that? It's right here in Acts chapter 20. You, you probably have heard this verse before at some point. Verse 35, I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. Now catch this part. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. That's right there. 
I love that verse. And then I love how the, how, how the writer says, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Say, hey, hey I, I know you don't really want to listen to me. I, I know I don't, I'm, not, I'm not good enough. I don't have all the, the PhDs and all that stuff behind. But, but, but Jesus, guess what he said? Did, did you see what he just said? He said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, if you're a kid, you totally disagree with that verse. But if you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, you go, oh, is that true? It is more blessed to give than to receive. The idea of of blessing others, it's not a human idea. It's a God idea because it started with Jesus. For God so loved the world that He gave. So here's a thought. If we took some time this week, maybe with a specific intention of sharing love and compassion for somebody else, what would it look like? Oh, Pastor, I'm so busy, you know, it's that Christmas season. Yeah, I get it. It doesn't have to be extravagant. You know what? It it could be something as simple as pulling out your phone, And all you got to do is text somebody and say, I was just thinking of you. I know Christmas is crazy, but I want you to know I love you and I want you to have a Merry Christmas. Be blessed. In Jesus' name, Amen. How long did that take? Do you know how much that would mean to somebody you know from a decade ago, 50 years ago, or somebody you just met? Find a unique way. Now for some, it has to be chocolate chip cookies going to 2426 Aladdin Way and bringing... I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. No. <laughs> I'll tell you what, folks. However God puts something on your heart to bless somebody with, when it comes from your heart, that is extravagance. Let it be something special. Because we're in the advent of love. And let love saturate your heart. And let it express itself. Maybe that interruption of love and compassion would be worthy of you showing celebration at Christmas. So when I say that word celebration, what comes to mind? Can you even imagine the celebration that must have occurred when when the people there in Bethlehem start to hear the shepherds going, hey, the Messiah! Can you imagine how people, they must have been kind of confused and then all excited. Could it be? Could it be? Let's go down there. Let's go, let's go into the barn. Let's see. That's it? That baby in the feeding trough? Yeah. There must have been excitement. I mean, think about this. In Luke chapter 2, verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly. There's an army of angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, 
peace, goodwill toward men. I mean, this is the scene that happens immediately after the proclamation, after the herald of the Messiah is born. Amazing. An entire heavenly host appears to proclaim and make sure that there is proper celebration because Jesus was born. What a picture for us today. We should respond to the news of Jesus' birth with what? With hope. Because Jesus is the fulfillment of hope. He's the Prince of Peace. I mean, through Him we can experience peace in and amongst ourselves that transcends human understanding really into the spirit realm. He is the cause for great joy just as we just read. And behind it all is the amazing cosmic, the divine, redemptive love of God who would even give His only begotten Son in order that we would be reconciled to Him. This is good news. And it's worthy of a proper celebration. Next Sunday we'll be remembering and we'll be celebrating the arrival of Jesus in preparation for Christmas morning on Monday. I want to encourage you to receive the gift of Christmas with real joy and with gratitude. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 110 years. If Christmas ever gets old, it is time to slap you. Wake up! Something's not right. It's not the presence. It is the great arrival of the greatest gift, Jesus, who in spite of your circumstances of today is worthy of your praise. And watch Him bless you in the middle of it all. When you celebrate Him in spite of all of the stuff that you don't like in your life and you wish were not in your life, you're doing something called... Faith. You're stepping out in faith. But I don't have enough of this, and I have way too much of that, and I don't, I don't, I, whoa, 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 Jesus, faith. See, the Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his right, seek who? Him first. Seek first him and when I do that, when you do that, and I put away that I need more of this, and I tell them that I don't want any of that, and I forget all of me, myself, and I, because that's an evil trinity, and I put Him first, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and I step out in faith and say, put all that aside, He takes care of all my needs according to His riches and glory. I encourage you, as I close, prepare your heart. Christmas is a time to celebrate, to worship, to praise, and to thank God for all He's done and will continue to do in our lives. It's a time to tell your family and your friends that you love them and that you're thankful for them. 
One of the things I love that we do at the Christmas Eve service, and we're, we're going to have communion, we're going to have the candlelight service and the Christmas carols, and, and it will be shortened for respect, for family needs and all that. But there's a time where we'll all be able to look at each other and say, I love you, and I'm thankful for you. There's nothing more important than being able to take the moment and say that to those in your life. Well, Father, we thank You for Your goodness and Your grace. Lord, I thank You for this Advent season where we can remember hope and peace and joy and love. And most of all, Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ. Because You arrived. Easter could take place. Lord, I pray blessing on Your people. I pray blessing on their Christmases and all their festivities. I pray You bless them financially. I pray You bless them emotionally and with all the relationships that are so important and near and dear to them. I pray You give them opportunity to be a blessing to somebody and that You would provide whatever is needed to make that happen. Oh, bless Your church, Lord. Help us to invite somebody to come to hear the good news, the Gospel, that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him wouldn't perish, would have everlasting life. Love. Your will, Your way, in Jesus' holy name we pray. Will you say it with me, church? Amen. Amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.